Welcome to another great message by Pastor Adrian Wright, lead pastor at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. So if you're joining us for the first time today, we as a church just love to journey through Scripture. It's what informs us of our identity. It's what convinces us of the love of God, of of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, the basis from which we live our lives. And it shapes our vision. It shapes what we see. It shapes what we pursue. It shapes how we live our lives. And so we are just always so encouraged by the Scriptures. And as a result, one of the things we often do at Anchor is that we work through different books in the Bible. Right now, we're working through Paul's letter to the the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians. And uh, it's been an incredible start to the series. We've done two messages in it already that are all available online if you're just joining for the first time today. But today, I want to share this message called Prepare the Way. And talking about vision, talking about our hearts, it's amazing how we just arrive at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And Paul is basically talking to the church in Corinth about the same thing. He's talking to them about vision. He's talking to them about the way that he, uh, how how the church perceives things and pursues things. And I just realized that we all live from somewhere, from a platform or from a basis. We have so much in our hearts that we believe that God has, has called us to do. But today, I want to talk about you and your life and the place that you're acting from. Like, what is the basis of your actions? What what are you pursuing? What is in the back of your mind or deep down in your heart that causes you to pursue a certain course of life or to pursue a certain way of living, uh, to to choose a a specific career or a certain relationship or your philosophy about how you do certain things. Because the truth is, none of these decisions that we make or these things that we pursue, even if we do so subconsciously, come from, come, you know, exist in a vacuum. They don't come from nowhere. They come from somewhere. We all have a basis or a platform or a foundation that we live from, some belief that is motivating our actions every day. We live from this certain place. And for a lot of us, for a lot of people, it's a place that they haven't even quite identified yet. And if they attempt to identify it, if you ask people this question, like, what is your core belief that you live from? Many times it's kind of just a conglomeration of, you know, a bunch of different philosophies that are very blurry around the edges and don't quite fit together. But it's just we pursue almost different things at different times depending on how we feel. In other words, we don't have a clear vision for our lives. We don't have a a clear course that we believe in and that we're acting from. And this is because oftentimes we're purely acting out of what we've experienced in the past or what we're experiencing now in the present. It could be things like hurt. It could be fear. It could be insecurity. And we allow these things to cause us to pursue that form of, 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 of wholeness or or satisfaction, or significance, or different things that make us feel better in life, security. But as a church, and as a people that have been saved by Jesus, we live from one place and one place only. And that is the foundation that Jesus has laid for us. It is his life, it is Christ, and Christ crucified. That's, the, that's our, our foundation. 
That's our platform. That's our basis. That's where we live from. And it means that as believers, we always live in hope. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says to them, what I need you to do is I need you to transition, right? Anchor Church, anybody watching today, even if you're a visitor, you need a transition. Go ahead and say that to yourself right now. Or maybe if you have some family members in the room, somebody sitting around you, just turn to them right now and say, I need to transition. I need to cross over. I need to move from where I am to where God wants me to be. And Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says, I need you, church, to transition. I need you to shift. I need you to, to change the basis that you are living from. And we're going to look at that transition in this message, prepare the way to today. Um, Paul says, you were once dead in your trespasses. You were once living in the futility of your mind. You were once blinded by the God of this age. You were once just a pure slave of sin and a slave of culture and a slave of whatever the world tells you you need to be. How many of us feel truly free? How many times do we feel bound by the expectations and the culture of the world that says we should be this way or uh, you know, have this or do that? But Paul says, I need you to transition out of that to living a free life because now you have been made alive. You've been made alive together with Christ. And now we see and hear and perceive, not just with our physical senses, but spiritually. We get to be spiritual people that can see spiritually and live according to a reality, a basis, a foundation that is much truer, much deeper, much more real than the physical world. And this is obviously the reality of the Spirit, the reality of God's Spirit, the reality of your Spirit, the reality of your relationship with God. And so we are a spiritual people primarily before we are even physical people that operate in this physical reality. So your platform has shifted. Your basis has changed. You are now not just seeing with your physical eyes, not just assessing the circumstances around you. We're not actuaries that are figuring out the statistical probabilities of our future by whatever the current trends are. No, we are a people that operate in faith. We are a people that operate in that which is unseen because the things that are unseen are eternal, the Bible says, but the things that are seen are temporal. We can make all of our you know, best laid out plans here on earth according to what's happening right now. And we will be disappointed so often because there's only one thing we can truly bank on, and that is the reality of God's presence and goodness and love. And that's where we want to decide. That's where we want to set our vision from. The Bible says that you are seeing now with the eyes of your heart. In fact, Paul prays for another young church in, in Ephesians 1 verse 17, the church in Ephesus. And this is what he prays, verse 17 to 18. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hey, why don't I just pause right now and just pray for every single one of us. Pray for everyone watching here today. Let's do that. Father, we pray right now 
for our own lives. I pray for everybody watching that as Paul prayed in Ephesians 1, that every single person hearing my voice right now, hearing your voice right now, God, we pray that you may give us, give each one of us, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, things to be revealed in the knowledge of Jesus. Give us that spirit of wisdom, we pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just, I just want to pray for you what Paul was praying for the church. He says, having the eyes of your heart enlightened for light to come into the eyes of your heart. Isn't that an interesting concept? That your heart, and when we talk about heart, we're not obviously talking about the physical heart, but the, the spiritual place that we live from, that the heart that we have would be enlightened, that our spirits would be enlightened, that the eyes of our hearts would be able to see, that you may know. You see, now it comes into our reality. What is God's reality becomes ours, that you may know the hope to which he has called you and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Like, what is, what is it that God has given us? That we may know the hope, that we may experience that inheritance. And he goes on to talk about the power that we operate in and the power that is working within us as we move forward. So there is no reason, church, for us not to be hopeful. And if you don't see that hope right now, I'm praying for you, we're praying for you, that you may be enlightened to see with the eyes of your heart. This is a way of perceiving spiritually and seeing what God wants to reveal and what God wants to say to you. We're in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, and Paul is reminding the church that we don't see things the way that the world sees them, that we operate according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 10, and I want to start there because Paul actually quotes the prophet Isaiah here. And in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 to 10, he says, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things, so all of these things that God's prepared for his people, for us, for you, for me, it hasn't entered the heart of man. These are things too great for us to perceive. They are only spiritually perceived. He says, but these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. Through God's Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, God reveals who we are, what we are, and what we have in Christ to us. And this is the platform of our vision. This is the eyeballs. This is the cornea. This is the retina. This is the lens through which we see. It's through what God has done for us. In other words, we have a spiritual vision, not just a physical one. So let me ask you this, and this is just, you know, as, as blunt and as straight talk as Paul, you know, writes to the church in Corinth, you know, we echo some of that sentiment here. But when you serve God, in your relationship with God, do you serve God in the spirit, in the reality of who you are in Christ, or do you only serve him in theory? Do you only serve him religiously? How do you serve God? The distinction here is really the difference between religion and a genuine relationship. Is, is, as long as Christianity is just something that we do, it's just a tradition 
is just a place we go to on a Sunday, but isn't the center of our lives and isn't connected to a vital, genuine, authentic relationship with God where deep calls out unto deep and the Spirit of God witnesses with our own spirits that we are children of God. As long as that is the case, then we are simply dealing in religion. But when Jesus spoke about worship, when Jesus spoke about people connecting with God, he said that God the Father is looking for such to worship him. Those that will worship in spirit. So not just physically. We can all take on the, you know, the form of, of worship. We can all bend our bodies into those shapes and sing those words and say those words. But at the same time, Jesus said, you know, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So are we just simply taking the actions or are our actions coming forth from what is genuinely in our hearts? In other words, are we worshiping God in spirit and in truth? And in the truth, and that means that our worship is truthful in our own hearts, but it also means that it's based in the truth of who God is truly is. That's who. So we're worshiping God according to his self-revelation to us. What I, what I want for all of us this year, more than anything else, is that we would develop a deeper and more authentic relationship with our Savior, that we would have a deeper and more authentic relationship with God, and that we would allow God in the context of that relationship, to speak to us. You want vision? Let God give you the vision. You, for your own life, let God speak to you. You want direction? Hear God's voice. But we can't hear God's voice if we don't have a genuine relationship with Him. So if you really want to move from an earthly vision and plan and resolution and strategy to a heavenly vision, you need to press in to your relationship with God in order to allow God to speak to you. Otherwise, we will end up pursuing spiritual things in fleshly ways, in earthly ways. There is no entrance into the Spirit via the door of the flesh, right? There's only one doorway of flesh. The Bible talks about the veil of His flesh by which we enter into that most holy place into that space of a relationship with God, and that is the flesh of Jesus on the cross. It's only through what Jesus has done. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only door through which we can have this relationship. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying to the church in Corinth. This connects so beautifully, because what he says to the church is the way you're thinking about church the way you're approaching your mission, the way you're developing your vision, the way you're relating to each other is of the flesh. And it needs to shift and be born of the Spirit of God because you are of the Spirit. Therefore, we live according to the Spirit. Let's look at how Paul says this. We're gonna, we're gonna go to 1 Corinthians 2 and I'm gonna read from verse 10. So if you, if you have your Bible with you, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. So he's already said in verse 9, No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit, he says, searches everything, even the depths of God. God's Spirit searches everything. 
For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? In other words, who knows you like you know you, right? Nobody knows you the way that you know you. Nobody knows God except the spirit of God. And so when we connect to the spirit of God and God's spirit begins to be present in our lives and speaks to us, we now receive the depths, the revelation, the knowledge, the reality of who God is in our own spirits. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And that's what I attempt to do here every Sunday when we meet and when we share. I'm speaking and, and interpreting spiritual things to you who you are made spiritual in Christ. The natural person, those that only live biologically, do not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, the foolish gospel. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have, we have, you have, I have, we have the mind of Christ. We think differently. We see differently. We live differently. We are spiritual people, not merely natural people. And I hope that's the way that you see yourself. We're not just making natural uh, decisions or decisions in the natural, but we're allowing God to speak to us. I have a, a cousin, one of my, you know, all my cousins, I, you know, got a great family, but this is just one of my favorite cousins. His name is Dean. And uh, Dean, if you're watching today, we love you. Uh, Dean and Liz have recently moved down to Cape Town after, after um, being a part of our church and helping us plant and establish Anchor Church for a number of years, leading teams, leading community. And um, one of the things that I've always loved about my cousin Dean is that when I, when I speak to him, when I ask him a question, and in fact, there's opportunities I've made available to him ministry-wise in the past and leadership positions and whatever it may be, he always just simply says, okay, I have to hear what God would say. I have to pray about this. And he won't make a decision until he feels like he has heard from God. And then sometimes he makes decisions that in the natural, he admits, seem to go against everything that he should be doing or thinks you know, the path was for him to take. And he goes, and, and even when they moved down to Cape Town, even the area of Cape Town they moved to, he said, this would not have been my first choice, but I believe this is what God is saying. And that has always been inspirational to me. How many of us just simply rely on what seems like a good idea, how often do we really take the decisions that we have to make that affect our lives and go before God and say, God, what is your vision for my life? So before we say this is the vision that we have for our church, we ask, what is God's vision for our church? As a lead pastor, my wife and I lead pastors of Anchor Church. When we, when we approach church, we have a great sense of responsibility on our own shoulders, and we have to be intention, intentional about this. And for me personally, I love being a problem solver. 
I can be super task orientated where I just want to come up with a strategy and develop a plan and pursue it passionately. That's, that's kind of more my default mode is to, is to just figure things out. But my main job here at Anchor Church as lead pastor is actually to be the chief listener, <laughs> the chief hearer. My biggest job, my most important job is to hear from God, is to make sure that I am putting myself in a place where I can hear from God as he leads us, that I can see spiritually and lead there even when it seems like foolishness in the natural. And I do that in the context of Anchor Church, in the context of my family, but it is the responsibility of each one of us to put ourselves in that position at the feet of Jesus where we can hear his voice for our own individual lives and for our families. We need to do that. So leaders are listeners. You may have heard people say leaders are readers. That's true, but leaders are listeners. We need to hear. How about you make your, if you have one resolution this year, is that you make sure that you put yourself in a place where you're hearing from God and where God is able to lead you. And that's how we can have the mind of Christ in every situation. To have God's thoughts become our thoughts. To search the depths of God and to operate in true wisdom, we need to put ourselves at the feet of Jesus. So I want to now skip back. I've kind of done 1 Corinthians 2 backwards so that we can unlock these different things. But in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1, Paul says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided, Paul made a decision, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Does your faith rest in your own wisdom or in the wisdom of men? Or does it rest in what God is able to do in 2021 in your life? How does Paul operate in this heavenly wisdom, in this, this heavenly spiritual reality? He makes a decision. And it's the decision I believe God is calling us to make this year. He makes a decision not to operate, not to know anything but Jesus and Him crucified. In other words, He puts all of His faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus did for Him on the cross. Not resting in the wisdom of men, not you know, trusting in human strategy, but the power of God. We are a spiritual people. Our vision as Anchor Church is Jesus. It's our message is the message of the cross. You know, the very first message I ever preached at Anchor Church was called the cross, our hope. That is where our hope is. That is what we trust in. That is the foundation from which we live. Our vision is to know Jesus more and to, and to experience the fullness of what he has done for us in our lives and to share that message with others. We want to know who we are in him. Focus 
and rest in and trust in and walk with Jesus. And then rest in what he can do as opposed to what we can do. For Paul, this was more than just his personal you know, journey or personal faith. This was his mode of ministry. And, and, and it's quite, I mean, those are some words. When you read 1 Corinthians 2 there in the beginning, those are words that make me a little nervous, right? Because I always determine to get up on stage when I'm preaching or when I'm sharing in a community group or when I'm doing something. I'm always determined to present a clear thought and to do it well because I believe that's you know, the gift that God has given me to steward. So I always want to do my best. But Paul says that in doing that, you could become so slick at what you do that you forget the power from which you do it. Forget the source of the anointing of God on your life. So often we're caught up in, in doing things so well. We believe in excellence here at Anchor Church, one of our, our core values, and we do things with excellence. But excellence is nothing if it's not excellence in the Spirit. We, we need God's breath to breathe on what we do for it to not just have an earthly effect, but a spiritual one. So Paul says, my mode of ministry is that when I show up, I'm not trying to sound clever. I'm not even coming with an eloquent, well-put-together speech. I'm not trying to be impressive when I get up there. In fact, when Paul got there, people literally said, is this it? Like, is this the Paul? At one point they say, yeah, his, his letters are weighty and full of authority. But when he shows up, this guy just looks like, like we could just push him over. Like, you know, a light breeze would take him out. He doesn't seem to have any of that authority with which he writes. But Paul says, I'd prefer to come before you trembling, to come before you in my human weakness, but through the message of the gospel, and through a demonstration of the power of God's Spirit, bring a change to your life that is genuine, that is long-lasting, that is everlasting. So Paul says, I came in fear and trembling because my power to see lives changed originates from somewhere else. It originates from the message of Jesus, from a demonstration of the Spirit of power, and that is something that we want to rely on as Anchor Church this year. I want it to be something that we trust God is going to come to do. In 2021, I want us to journey together in this. I want us to pray together more than ever before. Let's pray more than ever before. I want us to trust in what Jesus, what God is going to do, to live in the anticipation of the miracles that are going to take place and to prepare a platform, to prepare a room, to prepare, prepare a space where we are anticipating a move of God. Anchor Church, can we do that? Can we prepare the way in 2021? I want to kind of close this off with um, a dream that we had received, somebody in our church received about Anchor and shared. And this was a few years ago, but I've almost been able to track our journey as we've gone through the phases according to this dream that was given. And I just knew the moment it was shared with us um, that, that this was something that God was genuinely saying to us as a church. A while back, we, we received this, this prayer that showed how we as Anchor Church, um, or sorry, we received this prophecy that sh shared that how we as Anchor Church were moving forward 
and we had gotten going, and there was so much joy in the room as we started this church just over five years ago. And as we moved forward, there were successive waves that basically represent uh, uh, opposition in the spirit against what we were trying to accomplish. But every time the wave washed us back as we got going, it never dampened our spirits. In fact, it created an incredible spirit in our community. And we would be laughing and we would be enjoying it and we would get up and we would just start moving forward again. And wave after wave would kind of wash us back. And at one point when the last, the biggest wave hit us, the water turned to sand and it made us a little bit slower getting out of the blocks. In fact, we had people that are in our church as pastors in that dream, helping the rest of the church saying, all right, now we're going to move forward and now we're going to get out of this room to pursue the way that God has prepared for us. And in this dream, Will and I, two of the elders of here at Anchor Church, we got into a car and we went out ahead. And we got up onto a hill. And as we stood onto the hill, we were waiting for everybody else to follow after us. And I was looking out for the dust. It was like a dry place. It was like a wilderness. And in this wilderness, there were these paths and where people walked alone on this path, they were weary and they were worn out. But where people walked together, there was joy. And so I was waiting and I kept saying to Will in the dream, where's the dust? Where's the dust? And we were waiting for Anchor Church for us as we moved together as a group full of joy, full of passion, uh, full of anticipation. There was almost this dust cloud that followed us. And on the horizon, we saw the dust and we realized God is going to do something miraculous in the near future. And we need to prepare. We need to prepare the way. And and Will and I got back into the car and we drove to this place. And when we got to this place, the Spirit of God said that this is a temporary place. And there was a sign up that said, beware of the snakes. But the voice of God said that he has taken care of the snakes. He has given us the grace to operate in this space. But God said it's temporary. And it wasn't the ideal. For me as the leader, I have a certain vision of where I would want us to be. Um, and, and I've often been frustrated by temporary spaces. I want to be at the ultimate place that God wants us to go to. And I think this is just part of what every leader goes through. And so I said, why God? I got out of the car. I looked at this place that God said, this is where I want you to be. And I literally pulled at my hair and said, why God? Why do we have to be here? And the voice of God answered and said, this is a temporary place. But I want to do my miracles here. And in that moment, God instructed us to prepare the place that he has given us, even though it may be temporary, because he wants to do miracles there. He wants to come and do something bigger than us. He wants to come and do something supernatural. He wants us to see in the spirit. He wants to change lives there. And so as we went onto what was like a wooden deck, the band was there. And I think that's significant. The band was there. Raynut, if you're watching today, you were there from the, the technical side and we were sweeping the deck and we were preparing the sound because we knew that God was going to bring two things, the people and a move of the Spirit. The people and a move of the Spirit. We want God to come and do something bigger than us and we want it to change lives. That's what we're about, Anchor Church. We're trusting that that is going to happen. Lockdown, no lockdown, uh, you know, new building, no new building, uh, whatever, whatever the circumstances are, coronavirus, COVID, 
financial hassles, doesn't matter. We are doing two things. We're preparing the way because God is sending the people and the move of the Spirit. We are waiting for that revival that is coming. And this is where I believe we are at currently. We are preparing the way. That's what we're going to do in 2021. That's what we're going to do in our church, but we also are going to do it in our hearts. Revival starts here by a move of the Spirit in us before it is a move of the Spirit through us. It reminds me of John the Baptist who was sent to prepare the way. And he said that I am just baptizing people in water. I'm just preparing people's hearts because one will come after me whose shoelaces I am unworthy to untie, but he will baptize not just with water, but with fire, with the Holy Spirit. So we prepare hearts with the water of repentance, but God brings the fire of the Holy Spirit to produce a move of God. Man, we're looking forward to this. This is what God is going to do this year. We're going to transition from earthly to spiritual and prepare in our reality in order for God to come and do what only He can do. So here's a few things, Anchor Church, that we're doing in 2021. Number one, we're going to place our trust. We're going to place our trust in Jesus because placing your trust fixes your perspective. And we want to place our trust in Jesus, fixing our eyes in Him and trusting in what He is going to do. That means we can operate from a place of rest and grace as opposed to striving and anxiety. So we're going to place our trust. Number two, we're going to commit to prayer. Now, prayer, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, don't pray like the heathens who think that they are heard because of their many words. We're not praying in order to get something from God, but because we believe God has something for us. We're praying because we believe God has already given it to us, and we are simply receiving it through prayer. Prayer, more than anything else, is not just speaking, but it's listening. We listen to God. And then we respond according to his word. So this is the amazing thing. When God has a vision for Anchor Church or for your life, he doesn't impose the vision on you. If you decide to do something different, God doesn't impose his vision. And that's why we pray, because we want to put ourselves in that place. God doesn't impose, but he speaks. And when he speaks, we can respond. So let's pray with the intention to hear and the decision to respond. Let's do that this year. Let's answer God. We find our voice in the dialogue when we speak to God. So we're going to, we're going to place our trust. We're going to uh, commit to prayer. And then we are going to prioritize our worship. That means, that means trusting in God. That means putting God first. That means putting God at the center. That means finding our rest in and, and building our house upon who God is. I find it significant that in this vision, as we were preparing the way, we had a platform that the band was busy working on. So we are going to create through our worship that atmosphere of faith where God can move here at Anchor Church. We're going to place our trust. We're going to commit to prayer. We're going to prioritize our worship, and we're going to prepare the way to reach our city, not through clever human wisdom, but through a demonstration of God's spirit and power. 
What we want is not just for people to walk in to anchor on a Sunday and go, wow, that's, that's an amazing uh, church service. Pastor had some good advice, some good ideas. I like the coffee and the decor was okay. No, we want people to come in and go, I feel God's presence. I'm experiencing something in my heart. My life is changing and I want this to be something that I pursue. I want more of God's spirit in my life. I want to hear his voice. I want to shift my foundation. And that is what we're going to do. And that is what God is going to do, not only in us, but through us, as we prepare the way and he brings the fire. So, man, I'm excited about 2021. I don't even know exactly what it's going to look like, but I know God is going to do it. And we're going to do it together. So that is my message to you today uh, on uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, shifting from being earthly to being spiritual and allowing God to do that in and through our lives so that we have a heavenly vision. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared, but through his spirit, he is revealing them and has revealed them to us. We therefore have the mind of Christ.